0: story 3rd from the heart is fragile, handled with care by Prithayadav. Do you believe in karma? A couple is struggling to conceive. Suddenly one day the man realizes the irony of it. I didn't know where it all went wrong and whom to blame. I desperately wanted to blame someone though. I was suffering from insomnia and was sure I would slip into depression if I didn't take control of my life soon. Nina, my wife and I am married for almost 5 years now. Just like all the married couples, we had issues, fought and made up and life was a bliss until two years after marriage, I put my foot down and discussed with Nina that we should try for kids. Nina was not confident that she would be able to handle kids but I assured her that together we would be a perfect team to raise a healthy baby. I loved and enjoyed kids and dreamt of having my own cricket team someday whereas Nina was the opposite. Kids didn't fascinate her. After a little coaxing, she agreed and from there began a distasteful journey I am not sure I wanted to be a part of. Initially, for a few months, we tried happily without any doubts creeping our mind. When after trying for six months, Nina still wasn't pregnant, I started getting restless and indirectly started blaming my wife for her lifestyle and that she was doing anything wrong. I asked her to stop parting late. She did that. I asked her to stop boozing. She did that. I asked her to avoid junk food, she did that. She did everything. I, uh, I asked her to do. But I didn't do a single thing I asked her to do. I partied late, boozed like there was no tomorrow and ate any junk food I craved for any time. After trying for almost a year, Nina slowly began losing her cool and started nagging at me to stop doing the same thing I had asked her to do. I didn't like it that she was interfering with my lifestyle without even a second thought that she had given up all of it just on my one word. Can I breathe, ma'am? I yelled at her on my birthday when she stopped me from having wine. Feels like everything in life is forbidden except for sex. Obviously, Nina was hurt and I apologized later to her profusely. We both realized that we are cribbing a lot lately and were accusing each other of silly things, both indirectly trying to blame each other for not being able to conceive yet. On our fourth anniversary, Nina told me that her youngest sister Seema was pregnant and I wanted to yell at my wife for sharing such bad news on a happy occasion and ruining my mood. I should have been ecstatic for Seema. She was a young 22-something girl, full of life and always respected and adored me. It was unplanned. Seema is still shocked. Nina sat next to me. I had noticed that my wife had stopped looking into my eyes while con- conversing. She had turned into a lifeless mobile zombie, going around, life, going around life, doing the chores. Nina was upset and irritated more often than I was. She desperately wanted to be pregnant now and had spent hours investigating on Google and reading more than 100 books by different doctors. We had tried everything and yet there was nothing. A joyful abode had turned into a silent graveyard. After dreading this day, since we had planned for a baby, we finally agreed to do the tests prescribed by doctors to check the root cause of our inability to conceive. That night, I had nightmares that I had turned infertile. The test revealed that I had low sperm count and low sperm mortality. The doctors said we can keep trying or think of various advanced techniques like IVF. What an irony, Nina. Nina sat down on the bed next to me that day. Her sister had just called her and informed she was going in abortion as they were not ready for a baby yet. You don't plan for a baby and if you get pregnant, you're shocked and unhappy. You plan for a baby and when it doesn't happen, you're still unhappy and upset. Looks like it is never a win-win situation. I looked into my wife's rejected eyes and planned a surprise vacation for both of us. Goa was our happy place. Maybe a new location is a stress-free environment would help but our trying had turned so mundane, monotonous and robotic that we didn't even feel we had sex. I stepped out of her villa while Nina preferred to be caved in the room, sad and disappointed like always. It was on this surprise trip to Goa that I bumped into Sonali. Who Sonali? I wouldn't like to call her my ex-girlfriend because I was really never into her, but she was crazy about me. We had a one night stand in an office outing almost a decade back and since then she followed me like the Vodafone pug everywhere. Initially I enjoyed the attention but then later I moved on to someone else and she was stuck to me nevertheless. I thought I would ignore her honestly as she animatedly spoke on the phone discussing which booze to pick up but her cleavage looked tempting and so did the short dress she wore. So Nali, how are you? I waved at her with enthusiasm only to meet a frown, a shrug and some distance from me, as if I was an untouchable. Wow, that stung. I didn't know why, but I expected some kind of respect. After all, I was an ex-manager. Her frown didn't leave her face and finally I had to introduce myself. Pankush? She looked at me astonished. What happened to you? What do you mean? I was definitely offended by her tone and the stunned look on her face. You were a studded decade back. Sonali gave a sly grin. You're the opposite of that now. I think Sonali had that satisfied and smug look on her face that she hadn't chased me after I started ignoring her calls. I wanted to rush away with her humiliating encounter. But just then a girl ran towards Sonali and hugged her. For the love of me, looking at Sonali's hot figure, I would have never imagined there were children in picture. She spoke to her kid something lovingly and shared some money and asked her to be back in some time. Something about her daughter struck familiar, but he couldn't place his finger on it. Sonali saw me staring at her kid and cleared her throat. She suddenly looked uncomfortable and then broke a news to me that shook to my world. That's Monali, our eight-year-old daughter. What the fuck? And like a brainstorm it hit me. I recollected my childhood pics and Monali's eye looked like a replica of it. Same naughty grin, same bushy eyebrows, same pointed nose. I wanted to grab my daughter, embrace and shower her with kisses but Sonali stopped me, hands folded, glaring at me like mommies usually did when they demanded their kids to obey. I used to call you thousand times in the day to inform you that I'm pregnant. I was 19 and shit scared and I had no idea what to do. You were the guy I lost my virginity to. I was a wreck. I had to leave my job because people had started noticing my bum. I raised her all alone. I had to lie to everyone that I was married and my imaginary husband had passed away. I'm sorry for all your troubles but she's my daughter too. Where the hell were you when I didn't have enough money for her diapers and vaccine? You had blocked my number. You were calling me every minute possible on the phone. Cause I was freaking out, you, you miserable old asshole. She tried to smile as she cursed me at the same time as my daughter approached us. Monali, please can you call dad and tell him mama is hungry, please? As my precious daughter kissed my one-night stand and ran away, I just sat there partially listening to Sonali's swear words and plight she had faced to raise our daughter as I thought about how karma was punishing me now. What an irony. I had got Sonali pregnant in just a boo state of lust and my wife was struggling to conceive now after almost thousand attempts. Karma is a bitch.